Hi, I'm Beck Rayner and this is the Navy Wife Life Podcast, a podcast that celebrates, empowers, supports and embraces the women behind the military men by building connections, acknowledging our strength, focusing on self-care and our mental health. Let's do this together. Hi, Joanna. Thanks for coming on the podcast. It's so great to hear the different stories behind how we all come to be military spouses and our varied experiences. So thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. You and your Navy fiancé have been together for nearly four years. Can you tell us how you met? Yes, it was a little bit scandalous at the time, which I'm okay with. So I hadn't long separated from my partner. Um, We'd been together 10 years. We had literally separated just not formally year, you know years before anyway my first job after the separation was in the barracks here in Cairns I worked reception and we got talking and we kept it quiet we kept it really really quiet because obviously I was working there and people love to talk and love to gossip so we we had to be very very discreet and then we made the decision and I I left my job and I actually went back to my career that for me was just a stopgap at that point I was a caseworker a family support worker so I went back to my career which was um, working with women escaping domestic violence so I was more than happy to, to go back to my career anyway what was the consensus when you guys came out and told everyone about your relationship were people surprised or did they have any inkling or oh god no look people were talking about me for months because I was the youngest person there so it was very easy to gossip about me anyway we had been together probably about two or three months and I was we both kind of decided that yeah we'd like to give it a go just like a natural progression for me and whether or not it had worked out with him I wasn't going to stay at the barracks forever anyway so we both took a, a chance on it he's 10 years younger than me and I was a single parent with two very young children so when you met him at the barracks was he living on board or um, was he in a DHA place so he was living there it was about a year before we decided we would move in together. He would, you know, come and come and visit us. Although we waited quite some time before I introduced him to the children. So for quite some time, he, he would come over when the kids were in bed and then he'd leave as soon as he heard them in the morning. Now, my, at that time, my girls were really young, so they were two and three. So I wanted to just wait, you know, really wait till we were 100% that it was going to work and that's what we wanted before I introduced him to the kids. You guys had a year of dating and getting to know each other. Uh, during that year, was there any postings coming up for him or was he going to be there for a fair while so he didn't have that extra pressure of having to sort of figure things out before he was due to go away? Or So he said to me that he was due to go on course um, and he wasn't too sure, you know, how it is. I don't know when the course is. <laughs> I don't know where it is. You know, I don't know when they're going to send me. All those unknowns. And at that point, we we decided at some point to just call it quits. We were like, well, this is too much. You know, I don't want to invest time if you're going to be sent away because I can't leave. I don't want to leave where we are. You know, I had custody arrangements with my ex. I don't want to pull my children away from their dad. So we called it quits. I think we were apart maybe a week and um, we were miserable. The pair of us were miserable. So miserable. And then I was like, you know what? Why are we miserable? Let's just see Let's just see what happens. Let's just see if we can make this work. And so how long were you living together before um, you guys fell pregnant? 
on there a couple of months. It was planned, but we thought we would have to go through IVF because I've had previous difficulties with falling pregnant. So we went for our fertility appointment. And then two days later, I found out I was pregnant. Oh my goodness. Which was pretty interesting. And I was grateful, you know, incredibly grateful. But yeah, obviously with my age, we wanted to, didn't want to wait. Were there any more courses or postings that would be coming up that you knew, okay, well, we've got to get this done because he might not be well, around? Yeah. I'd not long found out I was pregnant and then they sent them to Cerberus. What kind of difficulties did you have in your pregnancy? I started to bleed. So I had horrendous morning sickness, as you do. And then I started to bleed and I bled significantly right up until about 26 weeks. So yeah, when I first started bleeding about 12 weeks, I called him. I was like, oh my God, I've lost the baby. And I was just devastated thinking about having to go through it myself without him here. And he was devastated too. But yeah, I started to bleed. And then some of the blood tests came back to say that I was really high risk for a chromosomal abnormality. And then there was a question over the placenta, whether or not that was functioning properly. I had gestational diabetes. Oh my gosh. All um, on course, trying to focus yeah. on stress. Stress, massive massive stress and the runner was working full time as well so yeah I was pretty busy and at that stage had you even really made any other friends who were military spouses no I knew I knew no one no one so you couldn't even share it with them and sort of get a little bit of support from them no no and you know up until recently I never really thought that was important but I think just this last the last two deployments because they've been so shall we say horrendous yes <laughs> um, that's when I've really felt the need to reach out and to make more like military friends that that get it and that really understand the isolation of it and you know because I'd lived FIFO life before my my ex-partner did FIFO while we were together but then this Navy life is next level unpredictable and just an extra layer of unknowing and just that no one can really understand unless they've gone through it like I couldn't understand what FIFO is like because I've never done that but until you live it you just really understand how did you find reaching out for that support from fellow military spouses how have you found the experience compared to when you didn't have that support I love that you can just when when you complain about being tired or having a bad day like they get it because it's not like you're doing it for a week or for a few days and then you get that respite. Like it's day in, day out for months and months. And you miss your other half. You don't get to talk to them on the phone. Last deployment, I didn't even have email access. Two months he was away and I, I got to talk to him, I think, twice during that two months. He could email me, but I couldn't email him back. Mm. So seeing seeing the desperation in the emails, you know, yeah. he's like, why aren't you responding? Is everything okay? And the worry and the concern yeah it was heartbreaking it was really heartbreaking and aside from the fact of even if you do get phone calls you, you can't have a proper conversation like it's <laughs> it's always like on the clock like okay yes. well, what's happening yes we're doing okay like you you can't have a proper conversation and and even if you do you don't always want to put that worry on them either yes yep I'm really conscious of that I, I don't want to overload with worry you know, with what's going on here. This deployment, though, I've been a bit more open about what's been going on here. I haven't really held back because it has been an awful, awful couple of months. And he's back on Saturday, so I can see the light at the end of the tunnel point. I'm very excited about him um, coming home. But, you know, during this deployment, my daughter was diagnosed with ADHD and severe anxiety and um, sensory processing disorder. You know, on top of all the physical illnesses that we all seem to have had this deployment, 
yeah, it was, it's been tough. This has been a tough couple of months. And just not having that, your person there to just take some of the load is just so much. Yes. Yes. So much, you know, just even sit down at the end of the day and go, oh my God, like that was a tough day. You know, I just have that physical contact that I cuddle at the end of the day just to have the presence there. Like it's, it's hard. It's really hard. And what I find one of the silly little things that, that gets me when he leaves is doing that last load of laundry and putting his clothes away and I you know I look at it and I'm like oh my god I'm not going to get to do this for months yes you know something the kids do you're like oh my god I can't wait to tell you but it's going to have to put an email and you're not going to receive it yeah it's not the same when you're trying to explain it and then they said this and then I said this and then we all laughed (laughs) what was his posting after he came back of course like what was his situation supposed to be after that so he came back here which was really good and he got a shore posting which for us was amazing really really good so I with the girls really struggled with postnatal depression Mm -hmm. so that was always on my radar I was really anxious about that um how I would cope and how I would cope with three kids you know I was like oh my god is this gonna actually kill me having a third child (laughs) but as it turned out our son was really really sick we had multiple hospital trips and pediatric appointments and um our son was nasogastric fed for months he wouldn't feed he screamed 12 to 14 hours a day and it was just it was awful he vomited constantly he had a kidney infection (laughs) oh my goodness it was awful so I was grateful that he was he was here he had the shore posting yeah but during that time I could see he was suffering because he was bored there wasn't much to do for him in the shore posting he's used to being really active he loves being on a ship so we had to make a decision at some point okay now that our son's doing well um and he was stable now's the time for him to go back on a ship because for his mental health like being bored is just not good for him whatsoever he needs to be active like by nature you know he grew up on a farm so he's constantly doing stuff going into the relationship what did you picture navy spouse life being like (laughs) i thought it would be somewhat glamorous (laughs) oh it's so embarrassing how glamorous did you think it would be i don't know maybe dinners and yeah army wife type living on the patch situation or yes and maybe some travel (laughs) um no freaking idea no clue I'm just like yeah whatever I'm pretty independent you know I'm cool with being by myself you know whatever you go away do your thing for a couple of months we'll be fine here I just I didn't expect it to affect me in the way it had you know and the fact that he's away for so long Um, when you guys decided that you wanted to have a baby together what was your fiance's thoughts in regards to him having to leave because obviously it was his first child obviously he's still parenting your kids but it's his first child that he's having with someone that he's having to leave so did that add an extra layer of complexity when he had to leave for the first time after you had your son together absolutely yeah he was just he was heartbroken and I think because he'd been home for so long it was even more difficult and our son doesn't do too well with change so he tends to have a little bit of a regress when his dad leaves so you know he for example struggles I think last trip it was he had a massive regress with his sleep which was really tough like I know how to deal with that and that's that's fine you know that's my job that was still really tough to see because 
he was looking for his dad. He started to get very, very clingy, whereas before he'd be pretty cruisy, pretty happy. Now he is just like a koala on me, which is hard. You know, it's hard on the other kids too, because I've constantly got a toddler attached to me. And when he does kind of cruise off and the girls come over to me, he gets jealous and he pushes them away. So it has, it's really affected him. And there's only one of you and three of them, whichever way you look at it, you, you feel guilty for not being able to give him 100% because he's obviously going through stuff and needs you. But then if you give him 100%, you're not giving the girls 100%. So it's like 33% each or whatever, but then nothing left for you. In saying that, you know, so I've got my son in daycare and, you know, now it's school holidays. So I do get to spend that time with the big girls without him being there, which is really, really nice. So we get that time together and they're that little bit older. So, you know, we can go out and do things like, you know, go for coffee or go to the cinema or go shopping and just have really nice girl time together yeah just even sit down and read a book together you know and just snuggle up which is really really nice not to say that I don't miss my son when he's at daycare I do but it's really nice to have time with the big girls because I feel like they've really missed out and especially when our son was so sick as well for so long yeah it's nice to to be able to just pour so much love into them as well. And how did the girls cope with um, your fiancé going away? They obviously went through FIFO life with your ex-partner. Navy life is different. How did you explain your partner going away and, and what that would be like for them? You know, before he moved in with us, he went to sea, so I could kind of set the, the tone then. I think he had a few really short deployments, so it was pretty good in that respect. My oldest daughter doesn't cope too well with him being gone. She really struggles. She misses him terribly. And I'll I'll wander around the house and she's, you know, she leaves notes everywhere for him. And Mm. you see on bits of paper, you know, she's like, I love you. And she leaves cards and she's very, very sensitive, very loving, very caring. My youngest daughter, she's like a little fairy and her nickname is Tink she has her head in the clouds and she, you know she misses she misses him but she just gets on with it you know she's just like oh well you know he's gone he'll come back I really miss him but whereas my older daughter she tends to dwell a, a, a bit more and um, she feels really deeply so yeah, thinks about it yeah. more she does yeah and she's been marking off the days until yeah. he's home on a calendar so and she does that religiously I was meant to do it but she does it <laughs> oh. and how have you how, so how have you kept them feeling connected to your fiance while he's away just by talking about him when he when he does get the chance to ring setting up some Skype calls with them yeah that's about it I did suggest to him to email them but um God, he's hopeless with emails and he hates typing. So that's been yeah. pretty few and far between. But yeah, just talking about him quite a bit. So once he gets back from this deployment, what's his movements with jobs and how is that all working? Know. No idea. He is up for promotion and he's been told to see the poster ASAP, um, which is a bit scary. There's also a course they want to send him on, which would get him back the day before our wedding, which I'm not too keen on. Because Navy always Uh, goes to plan. I know. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, we don't know. Everything's up in the air. He doesn't even know when he's going to sail next. Are there a few possible postings that he... Um, He, so I think there was something in Townsville he mentioned. The thing is, I I can't leave Cairns because... Um, of custody arrangements and my ex isn't keen to move although we're, we're all very close with my ex we do family stuff he's coming to our wedding and we're all very good friends but at this point he's not keen to move which is fair so enough our, yeah you know fair enough that would be our only option 
So we'd have to go MWDU. You know, my partner was posted somewhere else, which would be really tough. And how are you feeling about that possibility? I'm not thinking about it because I'd get myself really worked up and stressed about it. And essentially, I can't do anything until until a decision's been made. So I'm not entertaining the idea because there's nothing I can do. So there's no yeah. point in worrying about it. Exactly. Well, you've learned that lesson pretty early. <laughs> it takes it took me probably 10 years to, yeah. to come to terms with just not worrying about it until it actually happens because you could just work yourself into a state of panic. Yes, which, you know, I tend to do quite easily. But, you know, this is something new I'm trying (laughs) (laughs) to just relax. Have you heard about our Lots of Love Care packages? An anonymous and free box of self-care goodies that can totally make a military spouse's day. It's a way for friends and family to send an acknowledgement in the mail to a military spouse to let them know they're awesome and the Navy Wifelife community has their back. Pop over to the Navy Wifelife website after you finish listening to this episode, of course, and sign someone up for the Lots of Love box. With you not being able to move because of the um, custody arrangements with your ex, there's obviously no allowances that Navy make for that. So when you sort of came into the relationship, had you even really thought about that sort of side of things? No. (laughs) No, we hadn't. I guess we were just very optimistic and we were just like, well, well, we'll see what happens. And we've just kind of winged it really I'm very much follow my heart you know whatever will be will be if it's meant to work we'll make it work you know we'll move heaven and earth to make it work but then ultimately at some point practicalities come into it yeah I don't know we didn't really think that through (laughs) yeah so you mentioned that once you quit your job at barracks you went back to your career once you had your son obviously went on maternity leave was your plan to go back to that career or what was your plan to sort of work um, obviously navy life partner away three kids how was that going to work did you have a plan for your career going forward after your son was born yeah so I wanted to go back to um to my job I loved it and working with women escaping homelessness and domestic violence like I love that but with my son being so sick I just couldn't see how I was going to balance everything you know we weren't too sure how long he was going to be nasogastric fed if he was going to need surgery or what the situation was. So I made the decision quite early on to study um, in amongst all the chaos to become a sleep consultant, which is something I'd wanted to do for quite some time, but the opportunity never came up for me. um, And that seemed like a really good opportunity. So in amongst all that chaos, I told my work I wasn't going to come back and I started my own business. Just to add a little bit extra spice to your life. (laughs) I know, you know, because life wasn't busy enough as it was. (laughs) Exactly. And so how did that all go with juggling with um, partner away and little kids and all that business and I yeah I did a lot of my work at night time and my partner was here for so he was pretty much here for the first year of our son's life so I had a good chunk of time with him here to set up the business and get it up and running and then I just worked and worked and worked at night time once the kids had gone to bed I'd be working during nap time, I'd be working. So just working 24-7 to make this work for us. You know, the, the first year of business is, is obviously really tough. And like everything else, <laughs> I went into it with my heart, and not my head, which has probably done me the biggest favor because had I known how tough it was going to be, I may not have done it. But it's the best thing I ever did. So once I'd done my qualification, I started to advertise on social media. 
So that was my first port of call. And then from there, just tried to learn as much as I can about advertising on like Facebook and now Instagram, because I have no idea how to run a business. None. You know, I come from a background of community services and like serving people and and empowering women. So I had no idea about the nitty gritty kind of side. I've had to learn as I'm going along. Um, And I do all my stuff online. So to begin with, I was doing house visits but then that doesn't always work out with family so I moved everything online um, which has made things so much easier yeah and it doesn't limit me to who I can work with so I've worked with people in Dubai in the UK Tasmania Mackay so I've actually done a lot of work with Navy spouses so yeah and I love it I think for me working with military families and five four families I've got a bit of a soft spot for them because I know what it's like to be by yourself with a child that won't settle. And maybe in some sort of way, obviously you would never want your son to be sick, but some sort of way leaving your former career and starting this business has really worked out better because this is a job that you can, if you need to reschedule something, you can. It's done online so you're not limited to the location you're in. When your partner's away, you can come up with your own hours to suit you around the kids and doing it solo. Yeah, definitely. You know, I've made it so it's fully flexible around my family. And I I believe that everything happens for a reason as well. So, you know, everything that's happened up until this point has just really even like it's meant to happen, like the good, the bad, the ugly, like it's all meant to have happened. You know, and and I'm grateful for every single lesson, everything that I've learned along the way. I'm incredibly grateful for it. Yes, it's been hard, but um, there's always been some really powerful lessons in there. And I've taken a lot from it. So what will the conversation be like when your partner gets back and he's going to see the poster. What would be your perfect outcome? Perfect outcome would, would be another two years in Cairns. Um, so it gives us some, some breathing space. <laughs> yeah. Two years to uh, avoid the inevitable. Yeah, that would be the perfect outcome. In reality, at some point, he is going to get posted somewhere else and your Absolutely. reality will still be that you can't move. So you're yeah. always going to have that, that decision waiting for you. Yeah, but... I am prepared for the fact that it's going to happen. I don't know how we'll make it work, but we will. Have you and your partner had the discussion of would he ever consider leaving the Navy um, if the separation got too hard? I guess he's probably more inclined to do it now because of our, our son um, and the kids, seeing how it affects them. He's, I know that especially this trip, he's carried a lot of guilt, but I've always said to him, I'd never ask him to leave. That's something that he needs to decide. That's his career, his decision. Just like, you know, I fully respect he would never ask me to stop doing what I love. I I just have to respect this is this is how it is. And if and when he wants to leave, I'll support him. But I'd never ask him to leave. You just have to get on with it. And then um, but I think it it does make you a really strong person um, living this life without a doubt. It makes you so resilient, so strong, so resourceful. You become incredibly resourceful. Um, And you do things like you wouldn't usually do. Obviously, you haven't been in the Navy spouse arena for an extended amount of time, but have you accessed any support services that are offered or any of the courses that they offer? I did this deployment. I, I accessed DCO for the first time. It was just because things have been so hard. I haven't accessed any courses and I I signed up to get you know a DCO chicken which which was good 
but it also felt a little bit weird. Very so how, weird. Did that, how did that sort of work for anyone that doesn't know what a DCO check-in is? So basically you just call and you can opt in. Um, and then someone from DCO, I don't know if they're just, if they're a DCO worker, like a caseworker or a social worker, they'll just give you a call once a month to see how you're going, if you need a hand with anything. And basically you can offload onto this person. And I got a really lovely guy that called me and he was so nice. So, so nice. When I called DCO, I was desperate. My daughter's behavior just she just wasn't coping and it was very very challenging for all of us so I I needed an outlet I think it was one Sunday afternoon I called I I just needed someone I was like oh my god I just need some help (laughs) what can you help me with just please help me yeah and what was their first point of help when you called them well he listened which was really good Um, and then he referred me to the social worker here so I went to go and see her. And so during that time, how did you look after your mental health? Um, I didn't. And that's how come I got to such crisis point. I didn't. I linked in with open arms. So I linked in with a counsellor there. Um, but with all the illnesses, it was really hard to get to appointments because I'd always have a child home with me or, you know, I, I couldn't always make the appointments. But, you know, I was swamped, absolutely swamped. And, you know, I'm not just running my business. I'm studying two courses as well. You know, I've got three kids. I've got one with significant behavioral and mental health issues too. So I was really feeling it. And I think that's probably how I ended up getting so sick. Obviously, you know, I caught the influenza virus, but I wasn't looking after myself. And that's probably why I absolutely crashed. So this is what's happened in the deployment that you're going through now, the one that's just about to end in however many hours, I'm sure you're counting down the actual minutes and hours and seconds. (laughs) So going forward, are you going to sort of step back and reevaluate how you can look after yourself a little bit better? I mean, obviously, in a perfect world you'd be able to juggle everything and still have me time and love yourself and you know Mm. facials and all that sort of stuff but um, it doesn't always happen but are you going to put anything in place to sort of prevent yourself from getting to that breaking point yes absolutely so when my partner comes back I'm going to discuss getting a cleaner and just helping me out practically um, when he's away but also because now my daughter has a diagnosis and now we have that label as such, we have access to so much more help. So now she's medicated and she's happy for the first time in a year. She's happy. She makes me really emotional because she's seven. To see a seven-year-old really depressed is is heartbreaking. It's really heartbreaking. And obviously as a mum, you take that on as well. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, what what have I done wrong? You know, and I, I lost a lot of sleep over it not knowing what to do, not knowing how to help her, not knowing how to juggle that with the other kids. You know, and there's a lot of other behaviours that come with that diagnosis, you know, aggression and a lot of anxiety. So really, yeah, now that she's medicated and she is um, accessing help through a psychologist and soon an OT, things are becoming a little bit easier. Whereas before we got, right before we got that diagnosis, things had been at, at its worst. So what do you sort of do in regards to self-care to, to look after yourself, just small things that maybe that you look forward to that are just for you? So in February, I bought myself a pair of roller skates hmm. and I go roller skating. <laughs> Where do you go? So there's a really good bike path and there's a lot of bike paths here and there's a really good bike path at the end of the school road. So I drop the kids off, I do daycare and then I do school drop off. And then I drive to the car park 
and then I put my skates on and I go for a really long skate. Is it in secret or do the kids try and steal the roller skates? Oh, they've got their own roller skates. I'm trying to push my interest onto them. <laughs> You're trying to make it a family <laughs> event. I, ro- I really want it to be a family event, yes. So have you got uh, a pair of rollerblades for your husband or your fiancé when he gets back? I don't, but you know he would love it. He, that's such a good idea. Maybe I should get him a set for a wedding present. And, and, and that's what I do. And I love it. You know, for me, it um, brings me back to when I was younger. And it's such good fun. And it's such good exercise. But for me, I think because I, I'm a bit of an overachiever, for me, keeping busy is key. Like when I'm working, it doesn't feel like work. I love it. I absolutely love it. Being paid for what I love to do is, a, is an added bonus. The more work for me, the better. So that's probably my, my self-care stuff. And um, every now and again, I'll go for you know a manicure or pedicure. I'm going to get my hair done on Friday because it comes in Saturday. Yeah, because Friday, you, know, you have to look like you've got your crap together before they come back. Exactly. <laughs> and so have you got any advice that you would give to anyone uh, navigating Navy spouse life, any tips, like what should they be putting into place before their partner goes away? I think setting a, setting a good routine for yourself is, is always really good. So getting out of the house, because um, it's really easy just to get really insular and stay in the house. Do you find that it's important to catch up with um, other military spouses to really just talk about things and get things off your chest and just feel like you're in it together? Yes, I think community is really important. So yeah, having having that community of military spouses, I think, makes a massive difference. Um, once you feel connected to a community, then it's a lot easier to to get by. You don't feel so isolated and alone. You know, friends that aren't in this kind of lifestyle, they don't know. And it's not that they forget, it's just that they don't know. So they go, you know, they go about the day day-to-day lives you see them you know you catch up but they you know they've got their husband's home every night or you know in five full lives say every week whereas when you're you know military spouse you do it day in day out so I think that having other military families to talk to makes a massive difference because okay. you're all in it together and you're you know you're building a strong community of hey how are you going you're really sick do you need me to drop anything off I think that makes a massive difference yeah do you need me to help um do school drop off or is there yes. a bread and milk that you need to get you by because you know you've had the plague and you're been at home with the kids for five days and sometimes I wonder how I managed to keep three kids alive when I cannot keep a stupid thing of bamboo alive well everyone has their limits everyone has their limits and you know three kids and yourself and you know making sure everyone's fed and clean and uniforms and all that sort of stuff just you know Mm. that's the limit yes true true plants not my thing well thank you so much for coming on the podcast i hope your fiance is around for your wedding yeah. <laughs> he will be <laughs> <laughs> you might be having a wedding wherever he is he'll just go to him well everything's booked so he better yeah i so hope you are able to relate or take something away from today's episode there are definite ups and downs to military life but let's get the conversation happening so we can see that we are all in the same boat or should I say ship, we're all just doing our best. So until next week, you got this. Let's do this together one day at a time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this episode has touched you, helped you, or given you that extra confidence to keep going, to continue to hold down the home front, to continue to do all the things, I would so appreciate it if you could pop into iTunes and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, a comment about what you would like to hear more of 
or just some encouraging words. If you want to suggest a guest, I'm always looking for new people to talk to. You can do that by jumping over to the website www.navywifelife.com.au and clicking on our podcast page. I would love to hear from you.